Demons Discuss, Special Edition, the one with the Yogini. Welcome to Demons Discuss, the unofficial podcast about the All Souls universe and the topics that orbit it. We are your hosts, Angela, Jean, and Valerie. I am Valerie, and with me is Angela and Jean. Hello, Angela and Jean. Hi, listeners. Hey, everybody. And we're not alone today. Today we have with us Allie Davis, our resident yogini. Hello, Allie. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. We're glad to have you. And she is our very first guest ever, so thank you for being here. Thank you for picking me. Oh, goodness. Where do we even start with you? I don't even know where to start with you. (laughs) Well, we could start... We could start with the fact that she does yoga and she read the All Souls trilogy and she put the two together on Instagram one day and we fell in love with her ever since. I was like one of the coolest days ever. (laughs) (laughs) It really was. It was just so unexpected and just so cool to, to, you know, get caught up with such a cool group of, of people who love what I love. I like didn't even realize there was such a following and here we are. I mean, one of my favorite words is serendipity and that's what I think of that is because because, you know, you found the trilogy through your friend, but you just happened to take a picture of yourself reading it on your on your yoga wheel. And it was just um, serendipity that, like, hey, that's really cool. It's so true. And since then, she's written a guest post for us and gotten lots of attention from everybody. I think that's her most popular <laughs> post besides uh, the giveaways. But, I mean, they come close. <laughs> that's so cool. I, I'm still just blown away by the whole thing. And you were featured on Deb's site. And we'll I was. Show notes. Yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> Big ass picture of your face. <laughs> I was literally jumping up and down when I saw it. I was in the middle of class and my kids thought I had lost my mind. <laughs> <laughs> lost it. Did you tell your kids about this or what? Oh, yeah, they all knew. Um, they, they knew after that anyway. <laughs> Because I was so excited. But yeah, I mean, and they all know that I do yoga and everything else. And you always have those kids that are more book nerds than PE savvy, because that's how I always was. And so those kids and I always connected. And if they liked fantasy, this was the first book set that I told them that they needed to read. So they all all have a pretty good idea. When you say kids, you mean like a classroom setting, not your Uh own Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Classroom setting. I've been uh, substitute teaching for about four and a half years now, and I just ended a one-year long-term teaching stint as a physical education teacher um, in team sports. And let me tell you, I didn't know what I was doing. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's awesome. Bust your comfort zone. Yeah. Now you yeah, can add it, it to your resume. Cool. Yep. Cool. Isn't that how you got into yoga, though? I mean, busting your comfort zone? <laughs> kind of. Yeah. I always was really curious about it, um, but didn't really have anybody to, like, show me what to do or, like, where to start. And right before my husband deployed, at the time we were just dating, um, we'd only been together for about, like, two months. And he was deploying, but I already knew he was the one for me. So I knew we were going to get through this deployment. And he invited me down uh, to kind of, you know, see him off. And he told me, he goes, I've got this family that I want you to meet. The guy, Quentin, is in my my platoon. He's deploying with me on this on this trip. His wife is seven and a half months pregnant, and she's scared and miserable and has no friends here. He was like, I want you to become friends with her, and that way, you know, she's got somebody to talk to who's going through the same thing as she is. And 
so we met and no no pressure though oh i know right (laughs) well and you want to talk about seven and a half months pregnant this girl is maybe 90 pounds dripping wet at seven and a half months pregnant i mean she was massive she so we went (laughs) massive so we went out to a, a restaurant and she could barely fit into the booth that we were sitting in So she was miserable, for one. She also um, can't have any gluten. So picking a meal at this restaurant was hard. So she was like already just feeling like crap and everything else. I was convinced that she hated me. Like 100% (laughs) convinced that she hated me because she wouldn't look at me, wouldn't speak to me, nothing. Come to find out, she thought that I hated her because I wasn't like initiating conversation. (laughs) So here, this whole thing, right? So we, uh, we started talking. I messaged her on Facebook, um, the day that the guys left. I was like, look, I know that you, you and I haven't really talked a whole lot, but, um, if you need anything, like we are going through the same thing. Our husbands are deployed together on the same ship in the same, you know, same platoon. Like if you need something, feel free to ask. And we talked every single day after that. And she and I are like two peas in a pod. And, uh, and she, her mother's a yoga instructor. She just finished her, her uh, yoga teacher training two summers ago, I think. So this whole thing, I mean, she just kind of brought me right in. As soon as as soon as I found out that she did yoga, I was like, well, I've always been curious. And she's like, all right, here it is. This is where you start. Go. From there, yeah. And it was all home practice. She gave me That's all cool. the tools that I needed. Um, she came over right before my wedding for the um, the bridal shower and took me out shopping and bought me my first yoga mat, bought me my first... <laughs> yoga blocks yeah and we practiced together and so on our like third day practicing we were in the living room of my little tiny apartment it was just the two of us her little boy was asleep and she like pulls me aside after yoga practice and she's like all right look I want you to try something because I'm pretty convinced that you're more capable of doing things than you think you are and I just want to show you that she's like I just want you to try something like all right and she gets me into what you call plow pose so like I was laying on my back my legs go over my head so that my feet are behind my head, right? So my spine is like straight, my back is still on the floor, and you kind of look like a triangle with your legs kind of hanging over your head. Mm -hmm. At that point, she goes, okay, now bend your knees and make them touch the floor. (laughs) Just do it. I'm like, excuse me? Are you out of your mind? She's like, just do it. And so she's recording me, right, on my phone. I'm like, all right, you're freaking nuts, but I'll do whatever you want. So I dropped my knees, and buddy, there it was, ear pressure pose like it was no big deal. And I'd only been really practicing for like a couple of weeks. I mean, it really, I couldn't even, I could barely touch my toes at that point. And here I was doing, doing this pose that I never thought I'd be able to do. So it was pretty wild, and she she just was everything. Any questions I had, she was right there, and she really got me into it and pushed me right out of my comfort zone for sure. That's one of the, the things you said in the, the feature that you did for us is that you come to expect surprises um, in your body through your practice, that things are opposite of what it, uh, you, you think is going to happen, which oh, I, yes. I think that's really cool, really cool. And it happens every day. Those days you have an epic practice, and you're like, all right, my handstands are going to be fantastic, and you can't even get your feet above your head. <laughs> it just doesn't work. <laughs> and then there are other days where your practice just feels like crap, and you're like, whatever, I've got a handstand because that's what I do every day. And then, bam, you've got a 17-second hold that you haven't had in three months. Wow. And you're like, where you know, is this coming from? I watch you do those handstands. I, I follow you on Instagram. I am <laughs> constantly amazed. It's how you go after it. It's <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't get it the first time, so I'm just going to pop up again. You know what? If that were me, I'd be like, okay, that's good. 
<laughs> I know. The tenacity is inspiring. I mean, because it's just a work in progress. I mean, it's, it's a transformation. But that's one of my favorite quotes from your piece. You said, the clumsy find grace, the overthinkers find mental clarity, the perfectionists discover the beauty of natural flaws and of practice. And I think that is so spectacular. You're, you're a living demonstration of that on your Thank Instagram. You. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is definitely something. Um, some days you can, you know, do one thing and there's just no way you're going to get another, you know, but it, it's always cool to find those times that something just clicks. Like I had, I had another breakthrough in my handstand practice last night. I literally have not been engaging my shoulders in over a year. I've I been handstanding for over a year and never, <laughs> I don't think I have really engaged my shoulders once. And like, boom, last night I was just like, oh my gosh, there it is. Wow. It just wow. clicked. And I wasn't expecting it. I felt like crap. I didn't even think I was going to get on my mat last night. I just, it was not working. Nothing was working. And here, you know, breakthrough. And that's, yeah. that is yoga. And a lot of people pull the whole, well, I'm not flexible enough for yoga. No, but that's not the point because that's right. where yoga gets you. You don't have to be flexible to, to start. I couldn't touch my toes. And now I can fold myself over and lay my forehead on my shins, you know, <laughs> like, wow. it just, and it just, it comes. That's, that's part of it. You do have to find those, you know, those opposites and the things that you're not expecting. Right. Like they say, there's, there's no over there's no overnight success it's no. uh, a series of putting your foot in front of the other yep yep cool and as far as being obsessive with handstands when they say people it's kind of a joke on instagram inversion junkies those of us who love being upside down right. when you when you think inversion junkie it really is an addiction i mean <laughs> I, I keep doing it because i am addicted so like yeah it's frustrating when i don't nail it the first like 18,000 times but like that one time that i get that solid hold will sustain me for months. Wow. <laughs> just to be able to do it, just to know that it's possible and to be working towards it again. It is an addiction. L listeners have to see your Instagram because <laughs> yes, you have a series of, of posts that are, you know, you trying to do your handstand, but once in a while you'll have a handstand in a field, a handstand in a barn, a handstand, <laughs> you know. <I> mean, <laughs> yep. Got to shake and, it up and, a little bit. And the one time that I posted the illuminated manuscript, there was someone doing a handstand. You're like, that's me doing a handstand. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. true. It's true. But so how did you find the All Souls trilogy, though? I mean, was that a friend as well? It, it was, yeah. So I was out at the barn one day um, back when I was boarding. It was my first boarding experience. Um, I was talking to some woman who I knew was a bookie. She, I know she loved like fantasy and stuff like that, which is generally what I read. And so I just kind of threw it out there while we're standing there grooming our horses. I'm like, hey, Laura, got any books? Like, I'm looking for books. What do you have? She goes, oh, have you read the All Souls trilogy? I'm like, nope, never even heard of it. She goes, most people haven't. You got to read it. You're going to love it. I'm like, okay. So I got um, A Discovery of Witches from the library and was hooked. And that was it. The wow. last book of the series is the only book I have ever in my life pre-ordered. Wow. And I was bouncing off walls waiting for it to come and be in my hands again. <laughs> I reread the first two just to like take up time. That was us too. Don't worry yeah. about it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> For two years. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pose this question like the fifth question in the competition of the All Souls Fellowship. Okay. Are you ready? <laughs> I don't know. Am I? <laughs> <laughs> it's just one word and then oh you go. All right. Okay. So the word is ego. Go. Oh, ego. So 
we all hear about ego, right? And how it's got a very negative connotation, obviously, um, which it does in yoga as well. Um, The thing about... I don't know how to say it. The the normal world, I guess. Your your average people, your non yogis. Um, ego is that thing that you think of when you think Gaston and Beauty and the Beast. You know, ah, a total right. jerk. You know, he's got this major ego. Um, he's a huge tool. Nobody wants to be around him. <laughs> <laughs> That's ego. Right. The difference between non yogis and yogis is that. A yogi understands that an ego is unavoidable and that everyone has one. Even the most quiet, meek, darling, sweet person you've ever met, there's an ego in there someplace. Ego so it goes so much deeper than just um, looks or vanity. It is so much more than that. It's holding on to things. Ego is holding on to things that you think need to happen to make you you, but they don't need to be there. It's, it's mental clutter. It really, really is. And so the the thing about yoga is your goal is to, one of your goals anyway, um, is to acknowledge the ego and try to set it aside. It's there. It's always going to be there. No matter what you do, it's always going to sneak in someplace. Oh, but absolutely. Got, yeah. But you've got to just set it aside and let it keep happening. And, you know, this goes back to like the handstand practice. Videos like yesterday where I couldn't even catch like a half of a second hold. I hate posting those videos because my ego tells me that that, you know, 15 second hold that I pulled in a field next to my horse the other day was way cooler than this. Why am I posting? Should I just take a screenshot and make it look like I held that, you know, handstand someplace? But that's not the point. The point is that that's my ego talking right. and you've got to let that go and acknowledge the fact that some days it doesn't happen. Some days that's that's, awesome. it's just not there. And that's fine because other people in their journey need to know that too. That is how we keep each other moving is by posting those blue videos and being like, yeah, I might look cool in a photo, but in all reality, I screw up all the time and it's fine. You know, <laughs> you got to be able to do that. So is that why Amira starts her class that way? Or I'm, I'm assuming that a lot of classes start that way, but in uh, in a discovery of witches, Amira says to let go of, you know, worries, preoccupation, ego, but maybe especially for this group, it's important to let go of ego. Oh, I would say so for sure. I mean, all of them have their predisposed notions of what each of them is supposed to be, right? Right. The witches look down on the demons and the demons look down on the vampires and the vampires look down on everybody and, you know, <laughs> it's just like this thing. And, and so Amira's point there is to be like, hey, look, yeah, you all think that you've got something on somebody else. Let it go. That's it. It has no place here. Your place here right. is to breathe together. That's it. That's all you've got to do is just breathe together. And in order to make that happen, you can't be thinking about how much better than the person next to you you are. You can't do that. In yoga class, you're not you're you're not supposed to, you're supposed to have self awareness, but you're not supposed to be aware of others. Are you or are you not supposed to be aware of what's going on? Like your neighbor, you shouldn't be concerned of what they're doing, and that's probably difficult for creatures, I would think. So true. In fact, that's difficult for everybody. <laughs> It's difficult for me. And again, that's ego. You go into yoga class and unless you're going to do the entire thing with your eyes closed, which I don't suggest for balance sake, um, you are, you're going to look at somebody. You're going to look at somebody and think, wow, why can't I do that? Or I can do better than that because that's your ego. That's human nature, ego speaking. And so, yeah, it is really hard when you get into a class like that, not to pay attention, but you're right. You're not supposed to. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? When 
when I went back to look at those five pages of yoga, Diana actually mentions that. She's like, I stopped paying attention to everybody else in the room. I, you know, when I got into it, I stopped paying attention to the demons and the witches staring at me and I just listened to the music and got into it. So yeah. Yeah. And I admire her so much for that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, okay. So here's a moment of honesty. I first read that chapter and we said this in our last episode. It's not out yet right now, but it'll be out by the time this comes out. We said in our last episode, so yoga really? <laughs> you know, Why would you go to yoga to get to know somebody? You don't want anybody to see you sweat and ew, you know, <laughs> but, but that's so true. I mean, how else, I mean, that what a way to get to know somebody yeah. is to attend a yoga class with them. I mean, yeah, I, it, it seemed like it was common ground too. I mean, maybe Matthew is reaching for something because what else did a witch and a vampire have in common? And knowing Amira's class, um, everyone's on a level playing field. That's so true. And if you look at it, I mean, he knows that's exactly what she needs. She needs meditation and movement, which is exactly what asana yoga is, is meditation and movement. She needs to connect to something more than just herself. And with her rowing, I mean, you read these rowing, her rowing adventures, she's connecting her rowing to her breath, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's yoga too. So he knows just by meeting her and seeing all of this stuff and seeing how she rows, she meditates when she rows. And yeah. he sees that and thinks yoga. Like that's well, what she needs. That's a great point. And I, I just made this connection now for the first time ever. But, you know, when she's walking with her eyes closed, and he's like, do you always do that? I also thought that was something really silly. And why is that in there? But maybe that was like you said. And I never re- realized that he realized what she needs. And maybe he made the co- yoga connection like with, with her doing that, quote, silly little game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would not surprise me at all. I mean, he's always had kind of a sixth sense about her, I guess. So mm-hmm. the right. fact that he... He can take one look at her and know exactly what she needs, but I mean, he can even smell it, which is ridiculous in its own entire subject, you know, but he can smell what she needs and her anxiety levels. If yoga is one of the ways that he deals with his anxiety levels, Mm -hmm. then why not her? Why shouldn't she be able to do it? You know? That's a good point. That's a great point. So Matthew's pose, when you first (laughs) read, (laughs) when you first read A Discover Witches, um, did you have any, any clue what that might? have been the quote was at one point he looked to be attached to the ground by nothing but his ear his entire body in perfect alignment above him yeah absolutely not (laughs) 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 the first time that i ever read the all souls trilogy i hadn't even started my yoga practice yet so that whole and i i mentioned this in my article that entire section was kind of a skimming thing for me i just sort of skimmed over all of the particulars and tried to get get the gist of why it was important for the book, but I didn't really comprehend the huge majority of it. As Deb was like describing the the process of a sun salutation, I just sort of glossed over those words. Yeah, guilty. Guilty here too. They meant nothing to me. They meant absolutely nothing to me. The second time I went back through and I read it, then it made more sense. Then I'm like, oh, yeah, Deb is describing a sun salutation. Okay. And when I hit that point of Matthew being suspended by nothing but his ear, you know, I'm going, what in the world is this guy doing? Like, I don't even, I've never seen anything like that. That's crazy. And honestly, I'm pretty sure it's not a real thing. Um, <laughs> but because just, I just can't even figure out the logistics of it. It just doesn't even make sense. Um, but I did show in that article a post called 
Fallen Angel, which I still think is just the most ironically fantastic name ever for that pose. It <laughs> looks, is. Oh well, my it looks gosh. Like he, an angel did a face splat. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> On the yes, pavement. Exactly. So that is the best that I could come up with as far as what he would be doing. That's the closest. I think and that's totally it. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Deb's, Deb actually did say that is the pose. Did she, she really? About. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know that. Where did she say yeah. that? Uh, I think on her website. Yeah, it was on her website. I'll put the link in the show notes, but she definitely yeah, said she does do the the pose that Matthew's impossible pose. Ah, so. that's so cool. <laughs> so you nailed <laughs> <Did> it. it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. I'm also curious as to the difference between physical practice and mental practice of yoga. You mentioned that on in the article. Is there a difference or is it one in the same? Um, okay, so it's kind of like a chicken and the egg sort of situation. Can you really have one without the other, right? Right. So asana practice, movement-based practice, was a later addition to yogic meditation. So meditation did, in fact, come first. Um, okay. But if you have ever tried to sit up straight, sitting cross-legged on a hard floor for any more than two and a half minutes, you know it sucks. It's yes. hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is not as easy as it looks. It is not serene. Your shoulders start hurting. Your back starts hurting. Everything aches. Your legs go to sleep, right? So that meditation um, led into the creation of asana practice. Um, those people who participated in in meditation, their thought process was, okay, how do we build up our bodies so that we can continue with longer meditations? So that's where the uh-huh. asana practice came in. Is asana then was created to um, to build up the body in order to Strengthen the core muscles, the shoulder muscles, the arm muscles, the back muscles, the leg muscles. Get blood flow going so that you could sustain a seated still position for a much longer period of time because your body was in better shape. It's almost like a continual path. It you know, really, doing, really is. You're doing things to sustain, but it's, I just picture like a big circle. I mean, the more you do it, the more you can meditate. The more you meditate, the more you can, you know, uh, do your poses. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's all a very mind clearing thing. You're totally right. You're totally right. And of course, asana practice, like I said earlier, is meditation and movement. So in meditation, you focus on your breath. You let other things go. Um, it is a still, you are still, you are seated without movement, but you are focused on your breathing and the minute movements of your body, the minute movements that your body makes because of your breathing. That's how you keep your focus um, so that as thoughts kind of come through your brain, you can acknowledge them and let them go. Right. So that's kind of the idea of meditation. Well, asana practice, the movement based, then every pose comes with a breath. So you want your breathing to be your main focus. The pose isn't the main focus. The breathing is the main focus, even while you're moving. So it is meditation in movement. And for people who are like me, and I feel like most Westerners are like this, simply because we are taught from a very young age that we're not allowed to sit still for, you know, more than five minutes. We're not allowed to do that. You have to be 
doing something all the time, right? That's what makes you a productive person. Multitasking. Yes, yes. And that is what we are taught we're supposed to do. And so for people, again, especially Westerners, um, and especially in the modern day all over the place, the idea of asana practice is so much easier to comprehend than meditation because we are taught that A, you need to be moving and B, you need to exercise. So you get that in asana practice and you kind of get that meditative state as you go through. Maybe I'm wrong, but it just seems like asana is widely accepted, but meditation just people poo-poo it like, oh, she's meditating. Like they don't even know what that is, but yet they look down on it. Yes. You know? Yes. You, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually Burgundy, the, the friend of mine that introduced me to yoga, her mom, um, is an Ayurvedic medicine, um, practitioner. And I will, I'll get into that more later. Um, right. what she said was that a lot of society looks at it and calls it foo-foo medicine. Exactly. And that's yes. what I think of with meditation. Meditation is like for foo-foo hippies, right. you know? Right. Right. <laughs> Meditation is for hippies. Yoga is for people who want to look hot and flexible. You know what I mean? That is <laughs> right. kind of the idea. It really it's, is. That is, but that is a very Western take on yoga. Yes, uh, and I think people people meditate more often than they realize. Whether they're in prayer, whether they're in deep thought, whether they're daydreaming, whether they're planning their future, whether they're you know visualizing. There's so many forms, and but like you said, society thinks it's just a hippie type of chant, or they're they're you know trying to do something supernatural. Mm-hmm. Wow, very much like Wicca as far as Western, how people yeah. look at it. Yeah, good, yeah, good connection. Yeah, because you know when I was thinking about you know my practices and what I do to get in the moment or whatever, you know, it, it's very similar. So yeah, Ellie, you were right. I would find something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> to connect to as far as yoga. Yeah. There's so huh. much. Wow. There's so much. So, Allie, have you ever considered doing a podcast? You have a voice for this, you know. <laughs> no, no, I have not. This is... <laughs> This is like a totally out of the box, out of my comfort zone. <laughs> totally not. I don't even like know if I'm going to be able to listen to it once it's done. Right? Like, I hate hearing myself talk. <laughs> yeah. You just kind of get over yourself and you're just like, yeah. okay, that's how I sound. Okay. But yeah. no, seriously, there are yoga. Po- I have become a podcast junkie of late. You can ask these two. Yeah. And there are yoga podcasts out there. Ladies oh, teaching people how to do yoga over a podcast. Yeah. You might consider it. I'm just saying. <laughs> you sound like my mother. <laughs> <laughs> the other day we had the conversation. She goes, so people like make money off of YouTube. I'm like, yeah, ma, people make money off of YouTube. She goes, why aren't you teaching yoga on YouTube and making money off of YouTube? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mom, there are <laughs> there are like thousands of people out there that do yoga on YouTube. On YouTube. Like, yeah. <laughs> there is no way for me to somehow set myself apart and like be something more than what these thousands of other people are. They're even paid for it. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> well, the niche is where it's at. You know, you might become an All Souls Trilogy yoga instructor. <gasps> There so you cool. go. There's your there's your niche. Run with it. Go. You never know. That's how a lot of demon ideas are born. Well, one of us will say, or I'll say, we don't have to think about it now, but let me just put it out there. And then six months, a year from now, we're like, we're ready. You, you know, things don't happen. They happen when they're supposed to. It's so, so. true. <laughs> I, haven't I haven't seen, seen a bad one, one yet. yet. Yeah. Yes, I haven't seen it either. <laughs> there you go. We're in sync. <laughs> 
Well, if they're bad, they don't wind up in the public eye. So, you know. (laughs) Yeah. You you can think of the demons as your fairy godmother, like in Sleeping Beauty. Um, It's like there was a a picture on Instagram and you were standing on a wheel. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying not to be overbearing, but does your mom see you do this? (laughs) Because it looks so dangerous. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, my mom's the one that bought me the wheel. So she's actually pretty excited. (laughs) (laughs) But you were standing at it, like with one foot. I'm like, yeah. my oh, mom wow. is normally the one that's impressed. It's uh, it's my friend Brandy who uh, has a tendency to screenshot the photos of me doing crazy stunts and send them to me with horrified emoji faces. <laughs> Should you really be doing that? Do, do you have to? Oh my god! So funny. That was hilarious. No, I just I just go to Instagram to watch you pop up in your your handstands. I just think those are awesome. It's like oh. There she goes again, like one of those wayward cheerleaders that just go randomly, woo, you know, in the middle of a game. <laughs> They'll just pop up. I'm like, that's what she reminds me of. Or a deer. You know how deer just leap over fences? It's kind of that. It's really cool. Oh, my goodness. I love watching you just, oh, that one didn't work. I'll do it again. Do it again. I, I definitely have to put a link in the show notes. And the one I'm thinking of in particular, I'm like, Oh my God, she's relentless. She's going to get it. (laughs) Do you remember? Uh, It was like, oh. Two or three weeks back. Yeah. I, I remember commenting on it and it was like, uh, wow, I couldn't. Yeah. After the first I remember one, you I commenting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I'll find you it. Commenting. <laughs> Do you remember what I was wearing? That's always important. Which pair of insanely <laughs> crazy leggings was I sporting that particular day? <laughs> We've. I, I you know what? Let's, uh, let's segue into listener questions because. Yeah. We have a question that covers that. So we're going to start with Angela. (laughs) Okay, so... For our discusser questions, Angela, go ahead with yours. Okay. Mine is actually a four-parter, so maybe I'll just say one at a time. But this is from Jennifer W. What are the benefits of yoga that would help Diana's anxiety? And why do you think Deb chose such a mellow activity for the cardio-loving Diana? Hoy. So we already sort of touched on this, right? Um, the fact that she really needs that movement in meditation kind of combo um, to focus on something inward because she her anxiety comes from outward circumstances, um, external things that, that press in on her. That's her anxiety. Mm-hmm. What she needs to do to help herself with that then is to go inside, to focus on her breathing, to focus on her own mind to do that sort of thing. And if you haven't practiced yoga, you don't realize how much work it actually is. If you have not hit your mat and done 10 sun salutations in a row, you don't (laughs) realize how much cardio that actually entails. So no, maybe it's not rowing, but you really do get an epic workout. You, You get your cardio in with yoga, but at the same time, it's all in one space. And that one space can become kind of like a bubble, like a sacred, happy bubble. Perfect. Yes. Where that one place, it is just you and your mat and the surrounding like three or four feet on either side, you know, that kind of hold you so that you can go inward 
so you don't have to think about those external pressures. And I think that was what was so important for Diana was to be able be able to have that space to close herself off a little bit and feel more confined and safe. Right. It's it's like a juxtaposition where you actually let go but yet you feel more safe. Right. Okay, the second question is have you have have you had any supernatural creatures in your yoga classes? If so, what <laughs> gave them away? <laughs> oh, that's so cute. Okay. So, I actually don't do a ton of classes um like actually with people. <laughs> I know that sounds right. <laughs> I I have mostly <laughs> I have mostly a home practice. Um, I use a platform called yogaglow.com, yogaglo.com. It's like 18 bucks a month, which is essentially the cost of one class, and you can use it however many times you want. There are, I want to say, like 30-plus different teachers, um, like six or seven different varieties of yoga. You've got five different levels to choose from. You can pick a class anywhere from five minutes to 120 minutes. Music, wow. no music. You can choose if you're working on your back or your hips or inversions or balance or stress reduction or you need workplace yoga. Well, here's one that you can do with your chair, right? I mean, it's crazy. So they have this entire platform and it's really just everything you could ever need all right there in this one $18 a month package. It's glorious. So most of the time, oh, it's great. Most of the time, my practice is home-based using Yoga Glow. With that said, I can tell you that most of the teachers that I see who I deem as kind of my favorites, I would not be in the least surprised to find that they were demons. That would not (laughs) surprise me. Um, Just their attitudes and the bouncy and the creativity that just seeps out of them, right? This is all demon stuff. And that's what's so cool. Now, some of the classes that I have been to, you've always got those one or two people where you're looking at them and going, okay, there's no way you actually have that physical strength. You can't hold yourself up on one finger upside down. Like, (laughs) that's not humanly possible. (laughs) But I'm watching you do it, so you must be a vampire, you know? Those kinds of things. (laughs) Either that or using some sort of magic. (laughs) Right. So yeah, I've seen it, but, uh, but primarily I've got my home practice. So mostly what I see are the teachers that are on Yoga Glow. Now, if you go on, you're going to notice like Dicey Decline could very easily be a vampire. I mean, the man has more physical strength than anybody has any right to. But then people like Catherine Budig, right? She's more of a demon mentality. Very creative, very out of the box, just always coming up with something nuts. And you're get, you'll get halfway through class and she's like, all right, so from here we're going to move to this. And you just look up at the screen like, what? How? That doesn't even make sense. You know, and then all of a sudden it happens and you're going, huh, look at you. Your brain works so much better than mine. <laughs> it just wow. works. Yeah. That's awesome. Very cool. Okay. The third question is, what is it about Shavasana that would be difficult for Diana? And why did Samira tell her this pose is not for you? All right. So this one is one that you sent me early for me to think about. And I wrote like a page worth of notes on it. Um <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's so but why, that just tells that tells listeners how much there is to just these five pages within the book. And this oh one gosh. question, this one, this one question and pose is that thoughtful. See, every time that you say five pages, I have to like remind myself that you're right because in my head, this whole thing is like eighteen chapters. Right? <laughs> There's no way 
it's any that it, that it's five pages. It just doesn't make sense to me. I, now that I understand the passage, there is so much cram packed into those five pages that I I don't even understand how it's all there. Wow. The writing had to have been smaller, right? <laughs> the rest of the book. <laughs> okay. So why is Shavasana so hard, um, and why is it not for Diana? So when people look at yoga, most people see downward facing dog and Shavasana. Those are the two poses that come to your brain, right? If you're not mm-hmm. a practitioner, practitioner, and everybody out there looks at Shavasana and thinks you're laying there. How freaking hard can it be? Right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Until yep. you do it. <laughs> <laughs> Shavasana is so hard. So, so hard. It took me probably a little over a year to find any peace at all in Shavasana. And there are still days where I come to the end of a class and I can't even get my eyes to close. I can't lay there without fidgeting. I can't relax my body. I can't let myself go, right? It is such a struggle (laughs) to just lay there and let it go. Yes, it is very similar to meditation in the way that you are supposed to sit completely still. Um, It looks like it would be easier because you're laying down, so you don't even have to have like core muscles to hold yourself up, right? You're literally just laying there. But it is so, so hard to find comfort in that complete stillness. And if you've never done it before, try it for five minutes and see how you do. (laughs) I think you'll be surprised. So for Diana, especially, this was just so hard because of her anxiety and her anxiety manifests itself so physically in her life and laying still on your back with your arms and your legs spread. That is one of the most vulnerable positions. Mm -hmm. Your your eyes are closed. You are laying open and it is just such an a vulnerable, vulnerable position. Um, and for Diana, that was just too hard. That was too much. For a lot of people, there is not comfort there. It is definitely something. And if you, again, if you haven't done it, just try it for five minutes. Go lay on your floor with your eyes closed and try not to think about anything. You know, <laughs> it just, it's so tough. And so for Diana specifically, Amira says to roll onto her side into a ball. And in that position, it's kind of a fetal position. You can kind of maintain that rest, right? You can bring your, let your heart rate come back down from your practice without feeling that just cracked open vulnerability that you have in a regular Shavasana. Wow. That's interesting. My mom actually used to tell me she doesn't practice yoga, never has. But when I was little um, and I would be sick or feeling anxious, she would tell me to get in the, get in the fetal position. She didn't call it anything other than, (laughs) but she said, that's, that's how you were um, almost like that's the foundation of who you are. Mm -hmm. So that's safety. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they have something similar to that in the military. I mean, your husband being ex-military, I take it. I take it Marine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said platoon, so I'm saying, I'm thinking Marine. Um, yeah. There's uh, something called a recovery position where you, like, uh, if you're stressed, especially in the middle of everything, if you're stressed, you lay down on the, on the floor and you curl up in a ball, except your knee is out to support, so you're not squishing your, um, your core and your heart and your ribs and everything like that. Your knee is out to kind of prop you up, but you're kind of curled up in a ball, but the knee is there to help prop you up. And then you just stay there and you relax until you can get get your head back in the game. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Similar. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. It's exactly what, what Amira told Diana to do for sure. Cool. All right. The last question that I have from Jennifer W. says, what other characters from the All Souls trilogy would benefit from yoga? And then she says, can you imagine Baldwin doing yoga? 
All right. So this one, another one that, that you guys sent me earlier, and I loved it because we've already kind of touched on it. Um, obviously, Diana could definitely benefit from a little bit more in there. So honestly, everybody, human, demon, vampire, witch, anybody can benefit from yoga. First group of creatures, I guess, that comes to my mind are our blood rage friends. Oh, yeah. Ah, yeah. Good they choice. are the first people, the first group that pops up for me just because they have so little control over their emotions, so little control over their control. I mean, you know, they just, they, (laughs) they crack pretty easy and yoga instills the sense of control and calm, this ability to cope with stress, this knowledge that all you have to do when you start seriously flipping out is to go inside, breathe, Mm -hmm. right? Get that oxygen back and focus on your inside, focus on your mind and the beating of your heart and the sound of your breath and let it go. And yeah, I mean, it's never 100% success. Ask my husband. I freak out about 90% of the time, but, (laughs) but (laughs) it definitely, don't don't we all, (laughs) right? But it definitely makes like this huge impact. You have a coping mechanism and a lot of people that have a lot of anxiety or stress or who have anger issues, it's simply because they don't have another coping mechanism and yoga is that coping mechanism. So for our blood rage friends, you know, these vampires would just get so much out of learning that and having that control and being able to kind of, you know, when they feel that boiling over sensation, being able to kind of step back and be like, I'm going to breathe, mm-hmm. you know, right. that kind of thing. Even if it's just meditation, it doesn't even have to be asana yoga, but just that kind of idea that there is another way. Does it start as a conscious effort and then it becomes more of a subconscious effort or somewhere in between the more you practice? Yeah, yes, it really does. For a long time, it was a majorly conscious effort for me. After two and a half years of practice, I still have to think. I'm a perfectionist. I really do focus on, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like my position, my posture, doing, Mm. using correct alignment, you know, these kinds of things. And so for me, because of my type A personality, I have a tendency to, to still think of those things, but there are plenty of people out there that have been practicing for long enough that alignment comes naturally and they don't have to think about it anymore. So it is singularly about the breath while you're moving, while you're moving. Whereas for those of us who are still working on it, you know, and again, that's why they call it a yoga journey. It's, it is what it is. And it's a constant process. You're constantly learning. Cool. It's enlightening. <laughs> hey, one more thing before I forget as far as who else would benefit. The other one that I had on my list were witches, um, especially witches like Diana who are coming into their powers um, because of that breath control, the energy mm-hmm. control, the emotion control. Can you imagine if you got an entire coven of witches together and all of the teenagers <laughs> who are coming into their power and you spent two years with them on yoga, how much more quickly oh, and sure. succinctly their powers would, would come together. Right, right. You know, I, it's just stuff like that. So I, there are just so many ways that this could work. And obviously then there's the demons who can definitely benefit from just the grounding aspect of yoga. Though, 
according to Deb, the demons are the ones that struggle the least in Amir's yoga class, which is that juxtaposition. Yeah, and you you provided the lotus pose for us. I never knew what that looked like. I couldn't even imagine it. Now that I see it, I see how amazing it is for the demons to do. Like you said, to just be all tangled up and have crisscross and all that, and they can do it. They can bring themselves down and ground themselves enough to, to get in that pose. Which is amazing, because I hate it. <laughs> 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 which is which is which I think provides even more of a juxtaposition because you you don't like it you feel awkward in it or uncomfortable or whatever it is um, so claustrophobic yeah yeah but when you're talking about the witches I thought maybe they would have to rely less on a disguising spell if they practice more yoga it's true I can see that for sure Neat. for sure okay so Jean's got a question for you okay. From Jennifer Kay, what are your favorite anxiety-reducing positions and why or what is it doing to our body to reduce anxiety? And as a follow-up, do they help psychologically or physically? Okay, so that's, again, the cool part about yoga is that it's both. So anxiety-releasing positions or poses. Honestly, so much of this just depends on my mood. Everybody's got days where your stress is just pent up negative energy that you just need to burn off, right? Right. And then there are the days where your stress has you so exhausted that all you want to do is curl up in a ball and never come back out. So you've got, you've got these two different days that you can kind of work with and everybody has these two different days. And so for me, those two different days mean an entirely different yoga practice, like polar opposite. So on a day that I have tons of pent up negative, stressful energy, I have a tendency personally to dive very deeply into backbends, work on the more advanced poses that maybe I'm working on, um, things like splits or um, deeper backbends work. I like to really engage my muscles. I do a lot of core work and just that constant movement that just sort of burns off the stress. It allows it to just sort of dissipate naturally while I while I move on. So some of my favorite poses specifically for reducing stress on those sorts of days are uh, things like camel, wheel, playing with like Cobra rolls, um, getting my back all loosey goosey, wild thing. Those are all back bending poses. And then obviously core work, got things like boat pose and plank holds and side plank and bicycles and leg lowers and just stuff like that that kind of, it gives you your strength back. You kind of get this power back that, that you're missing because of your stress. Stress takes so much power away from you. But then again, there are the days that you are just too freaking exhausted to do much of anything, right? Those are the days <laughs> you literally are like dragging yourself onto your mat and just hoping that you're going to be able to move at all. And on those days specifically, I have a tendency to go more for hip openers and um, forward folds, things like that, where Back bends on my stress days are designed to sort of crack you open and open your heart, open the muscles around your lungs, give you some more oxygen, right? Really make you more vulnerable so that you can put yourself back together again. Hip openers on the flip side are more for releasing the stress that is stored there. So most people, whether you know it or not, male or female, doesn't matter. Most of us hold an immense amount of stress in our hips and our lower back. So if you've ever noticed when you're stressed that your hips maybe are sore, 
Have you ever noticed that? Yeah, lower back yeah. actually for me. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it's so connected to stress. So things like hip openers, um, fire log or um, a double pigeon is another word for that one. Thread the needle, any sort of lunges, bound angle pose or uh, butterfly pose is another word for that one. These hip openers, they kind of unclog your hips and your low back mm-hmm. and keep that area clean, kind of moves out the stress. And then obviously you've got your forward folds, side bends, which again, clear the low back, open the lungs, um, get you a little more oxygen. Because one of the things that we stop doing when we get stressed is we stop breathing. Right. Um, right. You, you close off, you know. And so things like side bends really open up your lungs. Um, and then inevitably, just because I'm a backbend junkie, I always wind up in some sort of supported backbend, generally in place of my Shavasana. I use blocks to prop myself up. I'll use bolsters, sometimes even my yoga wheel, but whatever it is that I'm doing, I very rarely have to work. So I will literally prop myself up on something and just lay there. So I'm getting the effect of the backbend without actually having to do anything, which is pretty great. All right. So I have a question. This one's short, should be easy. From Susie, she says, where do you get your pants? I love the patterns. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love them too. Um, (laughs) So most of my pants, I've only ever bought like two pairs of leggings ever. The rest of them are goodies that I have won from various yoga challenges on Instagram. So a lot of them are yoga-based companies. If you ever see my paint splatter ones, those are Fractal 9, as are my Purple Palm Branch ones. My really, really, really crazy ones that are like Paisley, those are from Luna Jai Athletic. The ones, of my, yeah, the ones you were wearing in the feature. Same. Yeah, yeah, yep. <laughs> I love those. <laughs> they're, they're my favorite. Those are my first pair ever of crazy leggings, and I won them. It was only like my maybe fourth or fifth yoga challenge that I'd done. And I got the notice that I had won some Luna Jai leggings. And I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I've always wanted to, you know, win a, a pair of really high quality leggings. And so I go on to look and these are not so leggings, right? Just absolutely certifiably insane. And I'm going, I can't wear these. I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to pull these off. I'm going to look ridiculous, you know? So I picked, believe it or not, and I, I'm telling you, I'm not sure that I still believe it, but believe it or not, those leggings were legitimately the least crazy ones that they had on the entire website. <laughs> they were by far the most normal pair that I could find. And so I ordered them and the obsession began. And ever oh, since wow. then, it is just crazy leggings after crazy leggings after crazy leggings. <laughs> uh, I don't... I don't even look at you and say, oh, my God, those are crazy leggings. I'm just like, that's that's Allie in their yoga yeah. wear, you know? <laughs> Which is so funny because that's how I see it now, too. But it just <laughs> back then, oh, my gosh, my first thought was I can't wear these. Like, there is no way people are going to think I'm nuts. And now, like, I go into Walmart, you know, (laughs) I get goofy looks. I'm probably on some peoples of Walmart.com someplace or other, (laughs) but I'll take it. (laughs) Look at this chick wearing these leggings. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm 
I'm envious in that if you have to go on a yoga retreat or anywhere, you just your suitcase, you can fit like a zillion outfits in one little suitcase. <laughs> oh, yes. When I went to Pennsylvania two weekends ago, so I don't know if you saw this on Facebook or not. There, um, It's this like rolling system for when you pack. A lot of people know that you're supposed to roll your clothes, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this was you lay all of your clothes, you like fold your pants over in half, and then you lay out your shirts like on top, kind of the same width as your pants, and then you roll it, and when you get about to the end of the roll, you put a sock open side out facing kind of like perpendicular to the pant leg. You finish rolling and then you use the end of the sock to wrap it over your leg or your, your pants and like the bottle. Oh, I've seen that. So it's, yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah. Okay. So I think it was actually a military based yeah. like post on Facebook. Yeah. I, I've yeah. seen it because <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. So cool thing is about that trick, when you wear leggings like I do, you don't need the socks. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just fold over the pant legs and go. Just just all in one thing. That is it's pretty great. The other, <laughs> so the other two companies. Oh, go ahead. The other two companies that I feel inclined to mention. I am an ambassador for both of them. One is Confused Girl in LA. They are all crystal-based leggings. Um, so or what? crystal-inspired leggings. Oh, so <laughs> inspired. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know that was confusing. Um, but they're all. Uh, but yeah. So the the leggings are all crystal-inspired, and each legging is supposed to that that crystal. She sends you a little note with your leggings that tells you what that crystal is good for, right? Mm. So some are better for grounding, some are better for releasing stress, stuff like that. What's really cool is they are made right here in the U.S., right in L.A. Um, It is run by one girl named Giovanna, who is absolutely darling. It's it's just, it's a pretty cool, it's a pretty cool company. And they've got leggings, they've got shirts, they've got pillows now, they've got some jewelry. I mean, she's going all out. So that's a really cool one. Um, And then the other one is Alter Ego Apparel. And if you guys, if anybody, any of our listeners, anybody is ever interested in checking out either of those, either Confused Girl in LA or Alter Ego Apparel, um, you can look them up on face or on Instagram or Facebook or just online. And if you are interested in buying a pair of their leggings, head up my Instagram site and you can get 15% off with my code. Nice. And where so would we, where would we find you on Instagram, Allie? <laughs> it is Allie Lynn David, or sorry, no, Allie Lynn Yoga and Things. I just, I changed it just a little while ago. <laughs> it still gets me confused. Um, A-L-Y-L-Y-N-N, yoga and things. Because God only knows I can't not post pictures of my horse and my dog. Oh, so it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not all yoga. <laughs> your, your dog is the most patient to watch, you know, being the silent observer or some <laughs> participant too in your yoga. It's so sweet. Yes, she does. She'll do anything. She'll do anything. <laughs> She's darling. <laughs> so my one follow-up is like, how much, what is the range of costs for our audience for like these leggings? Oy. So that's the rough part. Confused Girl Leggings probably are like the least expensive. They run about $72. My pair of Luna Jai, the crazy ones that I won, thank God that I won them. They're like $98 leggings. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> you yes. have to be serious, I think. You really do, but I'll tell you. They're not going to blow out like some Facebook company. 
panties. They put leggings on. I'm just saying. There's been pictures. <laughs> yes, yes. You do. And that's what I was just about to say. You do get what you pay yeah. for. Yeah. And so when you're going to spend the money, another one of my favorites, and I always swore I would never buy them because I always thought that they were like rich yoga people pants. Um, right. But I found, <laughs> I found three pairs of Lululemon pants at a thrift store for a dollar each. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. And the Lululemon sports bra. And I'm literally, I'm wearing the sport bra right now. And it's like one of my favorites. They are my three favorite pair of pants that I own. Um, They are such high quality and so incredible. It really is just a matter of the fact that you get what you pay for. If you pay $100, you're going to get a $100 pair of leggings and they're going to be worth it. And it's, you know, you invest in yourself that way. I mean, like I'm a tech girl. Of course I'm going to wear, that's where my money's going to go, you know, and my laptop's on my computer or whatever. You know what I mean? So if you're into yoga, that's what you're going to spend your money on. So absolutely, you should treat yourself. Or if you're just just a proponent of, you know, leggings as pants like I am, then there you go. That whole leggings aren't pants. (laughs) What was that airline that kicked those people off? Was it Delta? United, I think. Or is United. Ah, Okay. So you don't fly United. I about that. Yeah, I read that. I was like, oh, but apparently uh, these people were flying under the company. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, is that what that was? Yeah. Got it. No, there was some, um, there are always memes on Instagram from all of us yoga folks who who are convinced that leggings have to be pants because why would you wear anything else, right? So there are a couple (laughs) different ones. (laughs) One of them is uh, yoga pants because jeans are stressful and you don't need that in your life. So that was one of them. <laughs> right? And the other one, oh, I wish I could find it, but I'm just going to have to like go off my brain here. The other one was something along the lines of if you think that leggings aren't pants, then you can come physically fight me and I will win <laughs> because I have full range of motion because I'm wearing leggings as pants. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> that's hilarious. Oh, so, Allie, I think we're done with you. So, I mean, but you'll stick around for the rest of it. Oh, Oh, yes. Oh, yes. All right, so let's do some news, Angela. So news for today, Deb was on Twitter bright and early this morning, and she was replying to some tweets, and she says, Be careful what you wish for, my friends. You might just get it. Hashtag lots of saga, lots of drama, lots of declaremonts. Hashtag quite a few bishops, too. Hashtag big books. So we're all freaking out because obviously we would love a declaremont saga sliced into different side stories and backstories and future stories and all that kind of stuff. So that was one. The other wow. one was, yeah, the other one that she was replying to, someone had wished for a Hugh and Fernando story. And she quote tweeted and said, Fernando has been indicating he has a story to tell lately. So that's huge. I mean, I, that's a character I fell in love with in Me the book too. of life. Are we going to do a Fernando and Hugh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I could not contain ourselves. So we did reply. Be still our hearts. Hugh and Fernando. Fernando and Hugh. Hugh, Fernando. Take Baldwin's advice. Don't wait your turn like a good guy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we missing here? All Souls Con. Let's talk about that for a minute. And Allie is familiar with All Souls Con because <laughs> she was asked to be on All Souls Con. However, she had the best excuse ever not to be on All Souls Con. And tell us why, Allie. Oh, my goodness. And I'm still mildly heartbroken over it. So <laughs> I got your email the evening of, what was it, January 4th, I think. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. The evening <laughs> of January 4th, asking me if I would be interested in coming and leading a yoga section of the All Souls Con, which would literally be a dream come true. I don't know what I would have done. Um, I would have just been beside myself with happiness. But that very morning, less than 12 hours before I received your email, I found out that, surprise, my husband and I are expecting our first child. <laughs> so I prompt ever. <laughs> I promptly got your email, read it twice, came in, curled up on my husband's lap while he was trying to play video games on his computer, and proceeded to bawl my eyes out for about 20 minutes. <laughs> and and was he like, oh no, it's starting? <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> He's like, what is the problem? I'm like, I knew my life was just gonna change, but I just didn't realize it would be in less than 12 hours. Like, <laughs> opportunities already missed, but you will probably find me at home on the 23rd. I'm due on the 19th. Um, you will probably find me at home on the 23rd, watching the All Souls Con on my computer, sitting with my baby and hoping that I can actually make it through the entire All Souls Con. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and for the audience, uh, when Laura was discussing this with us, we were like, she was like, well, should we have a yoga workshop? And I'm like, we have just the person. <laughs> and then she's like, okay, well, I'm going to email her and I'll CC you. And that's the email that Allie received. And she answered us back and with this long email explaining i'm like and then i told uh, angela and Jean, i said well i guess Allie's not coming and they're like well she at least has a good excuse <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and we we hope this is i mean we we know this is not the last all souls con so it you don't even have to fret that you won't be a part of the next one yes yay you'll oh, be it just there kills me though new orleans <laughs> i mean who doesn't want to see yeah. new orleans right i know <laughs> Ugh. I'm telling you, if my due date was not so doggone close to All Souls Con, my butt and my husband and my baby would all be in New Orleans. My husband would just have to deal with the kid, and I would be in there teaching yoga. That is I just, so true. I just don't see how it's going to happen within uh, four days of me giving birth. Flash forward when it's when it's uh, All Souls Con 2027, you're going to have a different outlook, and you're like, my kid and my husband are going to be at home while I'm in yeah. New Orleans. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. I don't even I don't even think that far out. I think you know 2018 or 2019. She's going to be <laughs> yeah. like, uh, oh, I need a break. Totally. I need to yeah. go. <laughs> Quite possibly the most truthful thing ever. <laughs> So it'll still be around. And if you guys, audience, All Souls Con will be around for you too. Go to allsoulscon.org. If you cannot show up to New Orleans, and I, I really encourage you that you do because, you know, being there is a whole different experience. However, if you can't, Penguin Books is sponsoring live streaming free, but you have to register. So allsoulscon.org, and that'll be slash tickets. Make sure you go there and sign up. And if you haven't signed up and you want to come, you sign up and register because early bird tickets last till 
June 15th, and you'll only have that time to do it. So it'll be $79 after June 15th. They go up to $99, which is still a good price, but $79 is a little bit better. So make sure you show up there, and then we're going to head on out, and when we come back, we'll talk about last thoughts and things we can't let go of. Become a discusser by visiting our podcast page. That is demonsdiscuss.com. You can scroll down, fill out the little short form, and add your name, email address. Click submit, fill out the short code, submit that, and then we'll add you to our discusser list just as easy as that. Um, You'll get our emails once or twice a month, and we'll ask you a question, and your answers will wind up on the show. And we love our discussers. They're great. It's a growing community. We'd love it if you join. iTunes users. We'd love it if you leave us a five-star rating plus a review. Contact us on social media. We are Demons Domain and Demons Discuss. You can email us directly, demonsdomain at gmail.com. And you can leave us a voicemail. That number is 360-519-7836. Again, 360-519-7836. Also, don't forget to visit our home base, and that is demonsdomain.com. Again, www.demonsdomain.com domain.com. Everything we're doing will be listed on that website. All of our social media, our podcasts, all of our posts, and you'll find all of our episodes there. So we'll see you on the internet. So, Allie, you're going to be first. Oh, Lord. <laughs> it could be anything. I mean, re- trilogy related, not trilogy related. Uh, okay. So I kind of can't let go of the fact that the yoga scene is being cut from the movie or the show. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I totally get why, because again, lots of people look at yoga and think foo-foo. So I totally understand. But at the same time, it just, it kind of breaks my soul. Because like I said, I mean, that five pages in my mind is like so huge. And there's so much in it. But there's also no way to like truly explain that Mm -hmm. in the context of a TV show. So I totally get it. But it just makes me sad. Um, Oh, don't make Allie sad. <laughs> it's my turn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, here's one that's actually realistic. So I hope that the horses are really great. They need a really great ricasa. Yes, that seems doable. Um, and if anybody happen. is listening to this that has any impact on, like, you know, if you need somebody else to come in and provide a stunt double as Diana, I've got you. Put me on. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jean, so what are your last thoughts and things you can't let go of? Well, in keeping with the season, it's Matthew and Easter. The simple fact of the matter is, is nowhere in the trilogy do we actually ever mention Easter, which to me is really kind of strange considering Matthew's so Catholic and it's resurrection and we've got a vampire family here. It's just odd that it's not, not at all mentioned. Even Graham agrees with me. <laughs> yeah, he's a little grouchy about it. <laughs> Very grouchy about it. You're right, though. I mean, we've cycled through, you know, how many holidays we spent, the, you know, a couple of years with the Declaremonts and no Easter. And you'd think for Matthew, being a devout Catholic, all about, uh, you know, resurrection, being a vampire. Um, one of the names of their homes has to do with returning from the dead or resurrection. Like Philippe mentioned in Shadow of Night, you know, he's constantly atoning for who he is and what he's done. And you have Good Friday 
where you, you take that in and it's very solemn and then you atone and you have Easter Sunday, which is all about new beginnings. Also Lazarus. Yes. 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 The thing you were saying about uh, the wrong guy, <laughs> the wrong resurrected the, guy. The, the secondary the- guy is getting primary billing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just strange. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, no. they named they named their whole you know chivalric order after Lazarus and Matthew can't take a, a clue as usual <laughs> to uh, to be resurrected and atone and start a new beginning. Hmm. Yeah, that is a good thing not to let go of. That's odd that Easter would be left out. I don't know. Maybe we'll get it in the future books. Yeah, I was gonna say Matthew seems allergic to forgiveness. <laughs> This is true. Of himself, mostly. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. That's right, Graham. It's almost on the level of um, that one really strict order. It's in the Da Vinci Code, that guy that self-inflicts pain. Opus Dei. Yes, Opus Dei, exactly. It's almost on that level where he's just so self-loathing and unforgiving of himself um, that he never is, is free to be who he is. You know what? I wonder, though, if she started on that path, how many chapters would we get out of it? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's true. Very true. Maybe, you know, maybe she was like, eh, I'm not even going to touch that because, you know, I might have three more chapters and I was told to cut my stuff short. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about opening up a can of worms. Because, Well, and the other thing is, too, is in Book of Life, Easter falls right around the time where he was recuperating. Oh, yeah. That is a good point. Yeah. After they took out Benjamin and did all that. So it's, I mean, yeah, I know she was wrapping up the end of the book, but that would have been a perfect time to tie in at least like a little mention of Easter. And it was kind of odd that it was left out. Especially since they were at the Revenants, right? Yeah. 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 No, those last chapters, remember how it just kind of flowed through time? Mm -hmm. It was, it was, yeah. It very, it felt very wrap it up, you know. (laughs) Let's wrap this (laughs) up. Don't make, don't make me sing again. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or don't get played out by the music, you know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Here comes the, here comes the award girl to escort you off the stage. Yes. yes. <laughs> You're have to get or like in the old days when they had to get a hook, you know, and <laughs> the guy off. <laughs> oh, perfect, perfect. Uh, so Angela, what are your last thoughts or things you can't let go of? I can't let go of the fact that I'm not back in Washington, D.C. It was a really good trip uh, there for leisure and took in all the history, the American history, memorials, monuments, museums, archives, you name it, we did it. Um, but it, Deb has given us some breadcrumbs through her ins- inspiration board. You know, Philippe was friends with Ben Franklin and Matthew was friends with Thomas Jefferson. So the things that we saw, uh, still, the All Souls world was around me, even being at the center of American history. So I can't let go of the fact that uh, we're not back there. I still want to go back again and, I guess, see things I didn't get to see. We might get to get a post out of that, huh? Perhaps. Perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> you cheese. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. The thing I can't let go of is, along with you ladies, we coordinated this week with an individual to have a guest post done. And among the conversation, the idea of fandom politics was brought up. And I was thinking to myself, and I was thinking while Allie was talking about the concept of ego and putting things aside, you know, mm-hmm. putting your ego aside and just do it. You know what I mean? And yes. I, I think that's important here. 
I mean, there might be fandom politics. Well, whenever you get a group of people together, there's going to be some kind of politics. And I think I am over all the politics, okay? Over it. (laughs) (laughs) Over it. I mean, real world politics, world politics, all of it. I'm over it. Let's just do it. Support the fandom. Let's let's cut the red tape and (laughs) kumbaya. Work together. (laughs) Not even kumbaya. Just work together like adults. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Let's just do it. And this is why we're strong proponents of All Souls Con and get this out there. Let's do this. Especially since, you know, none of us are the authority on Deb's work except Deb. So if you want the official word from anything going on in this fandom, DebraHarkness.com. That's the main place, the official place you get the official word. So yeah, I don't think I have anything to add to that. It's very simple. (laughs) Word. (laughs) <laughs> That's what? all I have to say. Preach. <laughs> uh, okay, see, I got to get off of this freaking soapbox again. <laughs> Hopefully, down, we can't see you. <laughs> I can't face plant. I, I just, you know. <laughs> I'm getting too old. I might break something. I don't right. know. <laughs> so um, we'd like to thank Allie for being here. Thank you for having me. And let's just say goodbye and wrap it up. Goodbye, everybody. Peace out. Bye-bye. Didn't get your demon kiss, Jean. Come on. Demon kiss. Mwah. Thank you. That's, That's a good one. one. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> and goodbye, audience. <laughs> <laughs>